0: Hey, it's Trent, and I just wanted to kick this episode off and, of course, mention that by now anyone listening to this knows that a couple of days ago we lost one of the most important musicians in the history of rock and roll when Eddie Van Halen passed away. Of course, this episode, both my and Jason's part, and, of course, my interview with Jeff was recorded before Eddie Van Halen passed away. So I just wanted to jump up here up front and let you know that our next episode will be a tribute to Eddie Van Halen, where Jason and I will be talking about all kinds of stuff, whether it be our memories, early memories, or our favorite albums and songs, all that great stuff. And more importantly, we'll have several special guests joining us to talk about their memories as well. That'll be very cool. I'm looking forward to to putting this together to help celebrate the music and legacy of the almighty Eddie Van Halen.
1: Hey, this is Jeff Carlson of the Jeff Carlson Band, and you're listening to Thunder Underground.
0: Welcome to episode 290 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, as always. This week, we've got a great one. We've got Jeff Carlson of the Jeff Carlson Band joining us to talk about everything they've got going on and some other great stuff. We're also gonna play us some great new music, talk about a few other things. Anything up front you need to say before we tell everybody who pays us money to put on a podcast.
2: <laughs> oh um I'll tell I'll tell you one thing. Okay. Uh thank you for my belated birthday present. Uh, oh, absolutely a signed copy of Rob Halford's new book, Confess. Yes. You are the fucking man. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank I'll you. say that on tape right now. Okay, sponsors, go. <laughs> Oh yeah, had to be delayed because your birthday
0: was nine right. eleven, and the book didn't come out till like nine twenty nine or something like that. So yeah, hey, thank happy you, happy late much. birthday.
2: Hey, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to. Oh, I got a unsigned copy of it, so looking forward to reading that. Right? Did you say you already saw an excerpt from it?
2: I read. Yeah, I read. Yeah. I, it was funny uh, this morning. I read an excerpt from it online, and I think that's what prompted me to listen to "Screaming for Vengeance." Nice. <laughs> Uh, this afternoon at work, that is my favorite priest record. Okay. So it, it just, and then by happenstance, I come over here and you've got this present for me. <laughs> That's just, what a Monday. Thank you very much.
0: Yes, absolutely. First up, let's mention DEB concerts because there was a big announcement just by the time you're hearing this a couple of days ago that our local to us festival, Rocklahoma, is officially announced for labor day weekend in 2021 it's always happened on the last 10 or 11 years have been on memorial day but so hopefully by that point which is what nine months away will festivals will be happening they're all announcing for september and october but DB concerts books and puts on the roadhouse stage at rocklahoma and they've always had a lot of great acts out there so of course once we get closer to that we'll be talking about all that, but in the meantime, coming up October 23rd right here in Tulsa at the Ideal Ballroom, the mighty John Karabi will be putting on an acoustic performance. Socially distanced, of course, the Ideal Ballroom has a great system in place to keep everybody safe. That's no joke, so get over there and check that out. That show will be open by our good friends in Rocket Science. That's always a great time as well. DEBConcerts.com is where you can find out ticket info on that show. And of course, any future shows or rescheduled dates that the pandemic has put off for a bit. So get on there and follow them on Facebook. And of course, we'll keep you updated as well. Also, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, based out of the San Francisco Bay Area in California. They make small batch artisan hot sauces, and you can check them all out at HellaHotHotSauce.com. If you're on the West Coast... They sell them in stores out there, but if you're anywhere else like us, get on that website. Check out what they've got. All their sauces, I believe most of them are fruit-based. They're extremely hot, but they're also extremely flavorful, which is what you want from your sauces. They have collaborations they've done with Florida Frank from the Mighty Hate breed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. And another one that they did with Ghoul called Brain Jerk. So check those out. Follow them on Facebook, and of course, tell them we sent you. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. You can check out their entire selection online at leafly.com. Follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M. Instagram is at MedFarmOK, and their website's MedFarmOK.com. You can call ahead, text ahead, email ahead, place your order. And then just go right through their drive through which is a great feature they offer. That many dispensaries don't. Also, if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And also, they're cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Which is an amazing thing they're doing. So very happy to let you know that. So get out to Med Farm and support them. And in turn, you're supporting animals as well. Can't beat that. Finally, Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma as well, 3415 East 15th Street, right in the heart of Midtown. 25 plus years of experience for Jake and his team. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. Their mother approved. Give him a call, shoot him a message, set up a time where he can come in. Have a consultation about what you need to have done, what work you want done. Jake can, if you've had shitty tattoos in your life, Jake can make them very unshitty. Get on Instagram, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, or Facebook, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Check out their work there to see that we're not just bullshitting you. They're really good. So, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, give them a call, give them a shout, and tell them we sent you. All right, first up, we want to kick it off with music, or we want to talk about ACDC first? Let's, let's do this. Okay, let's play music. We're going to play some music from the Mitch Perry Group, which of course features the Mighty Mitch Perry on guitar. He was on this podcast a while back. We'll talk about this when we get back, but this song is called St. Valentine.
3: Happy ain't a word that it used to describe my time.
0: Valentine, the brand new single from the album Music Box from Mitch Perry that came out earlier this year. We talked about that whole album with him when he was on the podcast earlier this year as well. That was episode 261, so check that out. I know that when we previewed this song to check it out, Jason mentioned that he thought he could probably play the solo better than Mitch Perry, but hey, I, I'm not going to argue with you if that's what you
2: think. That's fucked you up. Know. I never okay. said that. Okay, and you're trying to get me in no. trouble already. Okay, okay, good. How dare you, sir?
0: <laughs> no, I think most people know Mitch Perry. It's definitely on that list of greatest guitarists in the world. Oh, man. You could literally put, if you were like, what's the greatest 20, 30, 50 guitarist of all time? His name is going to be on the list. Oh, so. yeah.
2: The guy, that guy can play guitar like a motherfucker. And again, how dare you? I, I don't <laughs> claim to be better than anybody. I tell you what. From, You're better from, than me. From from frets zero to three, I'm a motherfucker. I'm talented as shit. You can't touch me. But uh, you know, past that, you know, there's there's just no, there's nothing going on. I'm, right. I'm dead, dead in the water. So uh, that is not what Mitch Perry's about, though. Mitch Perry is a gymnast of the fretboard. That's right. And this song is great. Uh, good old time rock and roll. They're channeling the Stones. Uh, great raspy kind of singing. Great tune. I'm glad we could play it today. Yeah, absolutely, very
0: blues based rock. Very, like you said, Stonesy classic sounding. Hey, speaking of Stones, they got a cover of Jumpin' Jack Flash on the right, album as well. Right. Nine tracks, music box. Check it out. It kind of spans the gamut of everything from your ballads to your hard rock to your bluesy rock and funk and everything in between it's a great band they've put together of amazing musicians so check out episode 261 as well with mitch perry and give that album a listen and follow him on facebook well you said that you can you're a master <laughs> of the first three frets the basic kind of stuff's what you're saying so do you think you could get on stage and play the malcolm young parts
2: i uh, no, because yeah. malcolm young is on a different fucking level yeah you know, say what you will.
0: The most simple yet greatest simple guitarist of all time. In his is simplicity, it even, is it even simplicity? You know, in, in his
2: simplicity is where you find his where you find his genius. Yeah, um, I think. I, no, I, I, don't, so. I don't. know that. I don't know that even Steve Vai could touch. You think what Malcolm Young yeah. did on the guitar? Really? I mean, when you think about it in that way, Malcolm Young is like the Steve Vai rhythm guitar. There you go. I mean that's one. the goddamn truth. Yeah, that's the best way I know how to put it. Yeah. So, and I I think that even dudes like Steve Vai and Satriani, um, you know, and Petrucci and all those wizards would probably agree with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the greatness of ACDC is
0: that Phil Rudd is the same way on drums, right? Like the perfect, just like simplicity that. A lot of people couldn't really pull off. And then, like, Cliff Williams as well. Yeah. It's like you can't just plug someone in there on bass and say, here, play this. It's going to sound good. Anyway, I bring all that up because, like we talked about last week, ACDC started teasing stuff. And right after we recorded our episode, they released the clip and announced everybody's back. You know, that, that it has been there. And, of course, Stevie Young's still there to replace the Mighty Malcolm. They've announced it. And then they announced just recently, that Shot in the Dark will come out this Wednesday. So right. this episode will be out around that time. So by the time you're hearing this, the song will probably be out. So if you didn't know, the new ACDC song Shot in the Dark
2: is available. And the clip so far, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, ACDC Watch 2020, it's on and I can't wait. <laughs> right. I mean, it's never a bad time. Yeah. And with all this ramping up, I would imagine that the full album was probably
0: going to be here by November or December. Right. Uh, it would have to be. I assume that once the single's out, we'll get that announcement shortly yeah. thereafter. Because you know this thing's been done a bit I'm, for a while, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And AC/DC, like we mentioned before, is one of those bands that never, rarely ever even says anything. Yeah.
2: Well, they, you know, I just saw this afternoon on Blabbermouth, the engineer, Mike Frazier, Mark Frazier, I don't know. Something Frazier, I think it's Mike. Mike Frazier, I'm yeah. pretty sure. You know, he he did an interview and he talked about it, and it's been done for like two years. Two years. It's just they wanted to get they wanted to get the jump on this sooner, but then the pandemic happened. Yeah, and so now it's you know instead of a year turned into two years. He mentioned he was contacted about doing stuff and said yes, I'm in, and they said okay, show up here on this day, and they didn't say anything to him. Other than show up. Yeah, he didn't know who was gonna be in the band. He didn't know if Brian was gonna be there, Cliff, Phil, whatever. He had no clue. Wow. And so he showed up and the road the techs were there putting stuff together and they're like, Hey man, how you doing? It's like good, you know, uh, was like, do you even know what's going on? He's like, dude, I don't know anything. No one told me anything except show up. And that's when the the text told him. The whole band's here. Brian, Cliff, Phil you know, they're all here, and we're doing a record. And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and that's just how, you know, that's how ACDC works, close to the vest, man. Yeah. and You can do that when you're that level. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. See, I can't wait to hear this song or recording it before it's out, so, you know. Yeah. And a lot of bands of this uh, height, of this level, and of this age, frankly, you know when they put out new stuff, right? oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cute. Whatever. I just want to go see him. ACDC is not one of the... I want to hear anything that band does ever. Yeah, like any anything, whatever they've got, I want to hear it, and it's always great. Yeah, and see what's funny is, I've thought about this many times. I always, always wanted to have a
0: discussion on the podcast. Now is probably not the time because it would be too long. But right. There's certain songs, even from bands that I absolutely, like my top three or four bands, I don't want to fucking hear Walk by Pantera. Yeah. I don't want to hear, Right. you know, November Rain half the time, I don't want to hear it, you know, yeah. but with ACDC, I've heard Sh- You Shook Me All Night Long or Back in Black 40,000 times in my life, but if it comes on the radio or the Sirius or on Shuffle on Spotify, I don't skip it.
2: Right. It- Ever. Exactly. No matter what the song is. (laughs) They're just one of those, that rare, that rarefied air that they, they kind of float around in where they can do that, you know, but I, I feel you. I get it. I don't want to hear Inner Sandman ever again in my whole goddamn life. Right. You know, but, but yeah, I will listen to Back in Black any fucking time, anytime. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So hopefully this new album has something badass like (laughs) Mistress for Christmas or Cover You in Oil. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Or, 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 uh, what's the one you liked? Um, the Stormy May Day or whatever it was? Stormy May Day? From, I forgot uh, about that. From Black Ice. You didn't mm-hmm. you tell me you hated that song? Probably. I, I c- liked it. I can't remember. Is that even the fucking title? That doesn't sound right at all. I, I haven't know. listened to that album in quite a while. I listened to it the other day. Oh, I listened really? to that and High Voltage back to back.
0: Wow, that's a. Well, Quite uh, a contrast, but that's a great thing.
2: I've been on the classic rock kick, Yeah, which brings me into my next subject that I want to talk about. Okay. Well, I think we covered
0: ACDC, so what's next? Okay. Cause we'll be ta- by the way, we'll be
2: talking about ACDC again
0: next week after we heard that song. Right. So, anyway. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. <laughs> we can do whatever the hell we want. Right. So And also, yeah, Brian Johnson's on the podcast next week, so stay tuned. I wish. <laughs> so, anyways... I recently saw that street survivors, the true story of the Leonard Skynerd plane crash movie. Yeah. Okay. I think I posted something about it. Yeah. I saw your post like a little while after you posted. <laughs> well, you know, and I knew going into the, i I watched this movie, you know, and just a little bit of a backstory. You know, I'm, I'm a huge Leonard Skynerd fan. Um, and I think that Leonard Skynerd is way more than Free Bird and Sweet Home Alabama and okay. the, Flag waving, God, guns and government bullshit that you see today. Yeah. You know, that there's, there's so much that people don't think about and don't realize and just don't recognize about how great this band was. Um, you know, their first five records. Again, that's a whole other story, but you know, the early nineties came along. Kurt Cobain killed everything. So instead of jumping on the alternative train, I went back and checked out my influences influences and right. Leonard Skinnerd was a band i really took to so for me i you know i i heard about this movie that was coming out and i wanted to see it and it was on amazon prime and i know that artist's Pile is seems a little shady anyways <laughs> he always has i think he's kind of a creeper i think he got me Too'd. i don't know oh really i, didn't know I, I got i got to look it up but i could be totally wrong so just but so, i i had to check the, go ahead
0: i was just going to say before you go into talking about it i remember not long after i think it was probably after rocket man came out the Elton john movie because you know that came out that was big after bohemian rhapsody there was a story on i don't remember if it was some major publication did a story of like 10 uh, biopic style music you know films coming out now after the success of yeah these two films, blah blah blah, and you know thoughts on them and what we know about them. And one of them was this, and it said that the the families of whoever
2: everybody else was like trying to stop this oh, from yeah. coming out. Oh yeah. That's all I knew about. They, it. they they tried to stop it from coming out because I guess what they all made a they all had a pact in '77 when this wreck happened, when the plane crash happened. We will never do anything to like capitalize on this. Oh, really? I'm not going to exploit this. That's the pact. So, like, no, no, basically, no s- sensationalizing it with yes, movies. And or I books guess they and thought, kind of, oh. well, that's what Artemis Pile's doing. Okay, you know, and uh, you know, it, he just happened to be a couple days. And I think that's why I wanted to go ahead and look this up, as I heard he was going to be on Eddie Trunk talking about it. And I'm like, well, I want to, I want to watch this movie. And he was right out of the gate. I mean. Right out of the gate. So, Artemis, let's let's talk about this movie. The first thing that came out of his mouth were, you know, Van Zant's widow, Gary Rossington, um, their snakes, their lawyers are snakes, you know, blood-sucking, you know, whatever, tried to stop me from telling my story. I mean, he went, he fucking went off. Wow. So there's that side to it. So think of that what you will... Look up the interviews, whatever. But this film was done on a very, very small budget. One, and, you know, there's a lot, a big court battle, but they won. He won and he got to, he got to release his film. Long story short. So was a court battle from the estates trying to stop him? Yeah. Know? Okay. And uh, so, but the budget was very small, 1.4 million. It was all unknowns pretty much. And sorry, it was, it was just kind of corny. You know, the acting and, you know, whatever. And the one thing, you know, that was really, I just thought was unneeded and kind of just self-aggrandizing and distasteful. Sorry, but every now and then, Artemis Pyle would, like, jump in and explain stuff. You mean just like his voice? No, like it would cut to him in the studio talking about shit. Almost like they're trying to mix a documentary with a film? Yeah. Wow, it's like you didn't see Elton John doing that. Yeah, you didn't see Brian May cutting in, in the middle of fucking Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Well, you pro you didn't need to because those stories tell themselves with great acting as well. You know?
2: well, you know, I mean, so I don't know. It I mean, are just, you saying this? It is was this just movie, weird to me. And then it, okay. is this like on the like VH1 Def Leppard level of like acting or what? Are well, we it's like? a little higher than that, but okay. not much. Okay. <laughs> but the and you know and even at the end it had a whole thing with Artemis Pyle playing the drums and signing autographs and it was just it was weird, dude. It was fucking weird. I don't know. Make it that what you will but I mean did it I seem will, like the story was like accurate? Well yeah, because I mean I lo- I looked up the real story and and that's one thing. It's like, you know, it focuses on Artemis Pyle because he's the one guy that got away and went and, you know, um you know, crawled through the creeks and mud and barbed wire to get help, and that really happened. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them. I I, I get that. Yeah. Um. In the in the the actual scene of the plane crash, just I guess it was it had mostly be CGI, but it was impressive.
0: Okay. But everything
2: else around it was just a little corny, just a little. I don't know. So. Well, also compounding on that, when you made the post.
0: One of the comments was from our buddy Travis Davis, and he said, "Is it really any worse than Gary Rossington
2: dragging the band on for decades?" Well, and that's and like, that's what's why. Your thing? When when I saw that, I said, "Well, that's a good point." Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, we're we're even. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I think there's a point, you know, and, and Travis is right. There's a point where okay, there's only one dude left, and it's me, and this is fucking stupid. Yeah. So it really it it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all yeah so yeah um i saw and, them live
0: again last year at x 111 they still sound great i mean well yeah because the they've been playing together forever so
2: yeah because they're all you know a bunch of 50 year olds and then gary rossington yeah. yeah and that's that's where we're at yeah they've all died except for artemis and gary yeah you know really so anyways that's that was my take on that all right. So just want to talk about that because, you know, it sent me on a huge Skynyrd kick, and I love that fucking band. And uh, the musicianship, the riffs are way more than Southern rock, and they're way more than the two huge songs you know. So there you go. What's the greatest Skynyrd cover ever, you think? Metallica Tuesday's gone? Cover? Right? No. <laughs>
0: um, I think that... uh I... Trying to think, of the other ones, man. Well, obviously, shine down, simple man. But
2: I can't. That's terrible. Fuck them. Fuck yeah. Um, I like Zach Wild's "I Never Dreamed." Oh, I forgot about that. It's amazing. Um, God, I don't know. There's got to be more out there. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I, I I'd have to dig into that. But I will tell you, my favorite Leonard Skinner song is "Working for MCA." Oh, really? So yeah, that that's fucking great. riff. You know, well, both Tesla and here comes Leon Wilkison with the scream. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Remember, both Tesla and the new band BPMD covered Saturday Night Special.
2: That was great. God, that's a good song, too. Yeah. Man, I don't know, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know Um, your favorite cover is when Kid Rock did that with, you know, uh, Werewolf of London and Oh Sweet Home Alabama.
0: What the fuck was that called? This,
2: yeah, I know. I mean, that was a massive hit. It, I can't even remember what it's was called. I think it was called, I'm Slaughtering Classics, because I really don't give a shit anymore.
0: <laughs> no, I'm expanding fan bases and making a shitload of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked some Skinner and some ACDC, and speaking of, you know, legendary classic rock, our guest here has a a band that has a good sensibility into that kind of that world, your melodic rock and your classic rock kind of stuff. Definitely. Jeff Carlson Band, the vocalist, of course, Jeff Carlson, joined us here on this podcast. Earlier this year, they released a cover of Foreigner's Classic Jukebox Hero. And not only that, it features Frank Hannon of Tesla on guitar, I believe on a solo. If you know me or you've listened to this podcast, you know Jason's a huge fan as well, but Tesla's been one of my favorite bands since I was young. Definitely. And seen him nearly 30 times, seen Frank on his own a few times, but above all else, he's been on this podcast twice. So definitely check those out if you're a fan of Tesla, which if you're not, F off. I assume that Jeff Carlson is not going to care about me saying that because he's also played shows and sang for Frank Hannon. So he would agree, I would believe. (laughs) Nice. Yeah.
2: Nice, Trent. Way to go.
0: (laughs) I'm just trying to back
2: myself up for Way saying... Way to alienate some For of saying our audience. F off, yeah. Maybe if somebody just doesn't like Tesla. Yeah. Kind of like, I don't yeah. like scorpions. That's right. You just alienated
0: them. That's a good point, because, you know, you're you're a good person, but you have bad taste sometimes when it comes to scorpions and romstein and you just dislike Germans as a whole, except for except, you know? And I guess you like me sometimes, but... Oh,
2: my God. Well, see, uh, the scorpions suck ass, because... Um, their their singer blows ass and they have uh naked 13-year-old girls on their album covers but whatever we can just keep going hey but
0: they're not racist like the singer for your favorite band
2: so <laughs> oh man hey he was he was he was a young man then that's he's true. evolved that's true I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's so many hypocrisies in rock and roll. <laughs> right. None of us are innocent. Uh, I, I just say that just to fucking get a rise out of you. I know. Uh, but it is true, Fuck Scorpions. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we'd be here all day trying to justify all the rock and roll hypocrisies. So there's yeah. no point in it. Just, That's right. Just, just put on your fucking records and go. Yeah. So Jeff Carlson, if you're a Scorpions fan, ignore Jackson over here. Because I love him. <laughs> Ignore me, anyways. I don't know anything. <laughs> Whatever.
0: But yeah, of course, Jeff Carlson band has some other great music. Some great music coming. We talk about all that here in this interview. It's a pretty good one. So let's just jump into it. Here's Jeff Carlson.
1: Oh, cool okay i i played there once a place it used to be a place called windjammers i played there
0: oh wow yeah that was a long time that's been ago. gone yeah. for <laughs> probably 25 years now it's been gone
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i know right that's <laughs> crazy i'm from springfield originally so
0: <laughs> oh springfield missouri
1: springfield. yeah uh-huh okay
0: not too far yeah
1: away.
0: was that back with a, a band i guess you had back back in the 90s or what was that
1: yeah, I had a I had a band there called China Blue, and then I had another band that um, I played Tulsa. It was a cover band. It was called Open Fire. It was a lot of fun, you know, okay. like when I was twenty one, twenty two years old. <laughs> didn't have right. a care in the world, you know. <laughs> right.
0: Jumping into the current stuff, I mean, your current single is this cover of Jukebox Hero. Like, talk about the decision to record that song. Yeah,
1: sure. Um, it came about. Well, when I was a kid, uh, my dad used to play it, you know, when Four came out, Um, I think I was like nine years old or whatever when that came out, and he uh, always said it reminded him of me, and he passed this year, so I kind of did it as a dedication to him, you know, so, and I always wanted to do, and plus, you know, it just, I don't know, the the words kind of fit where my heart's always been as far as a musician and trying to, you know, make music my, my life, you know and uh i got frank hannon on it he's a buddy of mine we um we did a gig together up in sacramento last year and i was like hey man i'm getting ready to record this this uh foreigner remake you want to play on it he's like yeah send me the track so he did so yeah it, it was an honor to have him man it was really cool
0: were you guys opening for frank hannon band or were you like playing with him? well that's
1: how i originally well yeah no i actually sang a whole set of tesla with him at a private party but before oh, okay. that, my band had opened for him. That's how I met him in Tucson, where I used to live in Tucson, Arizona. We had opened for him out there, and I got up and sang "Modern Day Cowboy" with him. And ever since then, it was like 2010 when that happened. And ever since then, him and I have been, you know, close off and on, you know, and just when stuff opens up, when Tesla's not doing anything, and he needs a a singer, he he calls me to come in, and you know, it's but it's usually for Tesla songs. Usually, you know, I mean. I don't know. We just have a real good chemistry on stage together, man.
0: Is that kind of intimidating stepping on stage with someone like that and playing their songs?
1: It was, it was at first, but after you get to know them, they're just regular guys like we are, man, you know, and it's just, it's a lot of fun more than anything. Right. You know, I mean, you do have to be on your toes because there's, so talented so there's no room for error (laughs) you know (laughs) but it's a lot of fun though you know i mean it's all you know a lot of its attitude how you look at it you know i mean i try to be as humble as i possibly can and you know the fact that frank thinks enough of me to even you know want to do anything is is a huge huge honor to me you know i mean he's amazing yeah so yeah
0: well since you're the one singing those songs did he ever give you like an opportunity to throw some ideas for the set list or anything?
1: Um, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, we gotta, we gotta pace yourself, you know, I mean, I'm sure he does the same thing with, with Tesla. You know, I don't think Jeff Keith comes right out of not, not now he doesn't, but back in the day he did, but you know, you can't basically blow your throat out in two songs, you know, <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've got to kind of learn to pace yourself. And, A lot of it is the key that the songs are in. We'll run one into another kind of thing. You know, for instance, Modern Day Cowboy is an A, and so is little Susie. So you can run those two songs together, you know, things like that. So, you know. um, But, yeah, him and I are uh, still pretty tight, and we're, you know, I mean, during the whole COVID thing, I feel bad, man. man. We're all in the same boat, because as much as I'd love to tour and play, it ain't happening right now and neither are they And they depend on that For the bread and butter So right. I can only imagine How stir-crazy Those guys are going right now You know All the bands Not just Tesla But everybody You know I mean So But at least we're using this time To write a new record And um, Really do the detail work on it To where it, uh, Our new rec- year And once it's done It's gonna It's gonna be really Well done Because we've taken the time To really detail each song
0: Okay What's your guy's yeah writing process like is it all of you working together or you like the chief songwriter how does that work
1: well basically what happens is robbie wolf my lead guitar player and i we sit down and we i mean for the style of music we do it has to be crafted around the 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 melody to, to push the direction of the song so he's also a singer he had a band uh, in the 80s called holy soldier him and my bass player corey k they're from uh, uh robbie's from uh Palos verdes california which is you know they played the they were like right under striper at that time okay. so um you know um he he used to be a lead singer but now he's a lead guitar player <laughs> <laughs> so now he, i mean him and i together basically will i will outline the song and he's really good at harmonies, almost like a Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora type vibe, you know, vocally. And which is a really, really good thing as far as our style of music goes. And basically, once him and I get the outline of a song, we basically take it into the other two, you know, Corey and our new drummer, Todd, and, you know, recording. So... Yeah, that's how we work together on it.
0: <laughs> okay. Are you do you ever write like lyrics and that kind of thing beforehand or does that always amuse? Easy-
1: uh, well, yeah. Well, it depends on the song, but ninety eight percent of the time I write all the lyrics. We got a new a new song that Robbie just wrote, um, called American Dream that we're reworking that um him and I rewrote the melody on it, but he had the lyrics already written and they're perfect for what's going on in today, so yeah.
0: Well, it's been about about a year since the EP came out. Like, what? How do you think these songs compared to those five songs?
1: Well, I'll tell you. Um, there's a lot more depth in these songs. The, I, I was real happy with how the EP came out. I thought it came out pretty good. Yeah. Um, but as far as, um. Dynamics and and actual songwriting and and everything. I think these songs have a lot more to say lyrically, and they have a lot more depth musically. So I think you know, it'll be a lot of um, you know. I'll, I'll be proud of it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all anybody can really ask is to just to be proud of what you've done. You know, I mean, and and if people like it, that's that's a bonus. You know, right? as
0: far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said. Like you guys have been writing, like what's the, as far as the pandemic goes, like how far did that slow down the process for you guys? Are you all in the same area where you could get together and work on stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're all here in Las Vegas. We just live in different parts of the city, but yeah. Okay. Um, I got, I, I've got everything set up in my house to where they all just drive in and we rehearse at my house and, and uh, get things tight. You know I mean? Todd, our drummer, he's got a, le- uh, one of those, Electronic kits, you know what I mean? Those, uh, like triggered, but, um, that way we can control the volume a little bit so it's not, you know, on 10. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. It hasn't slowed us down as far as that goes, thank God. Okay. Know?
0: Have you, have you already started the recording process or you're still in the writing phase?
1: Not yet. Okay. We're, we're still in the writing phase. We're, we've got about two songs to go, um, and we we're going to do a another cover, but I can't say what it is just yet. Uh, but we're we've got a confirmation Oz Fox from Striper is going to play the guitar on it, you know, oh, like I did with Frank kind of thing. OK. Yeah. So if you can't say the song, is
0: it from the same era as Foreigner? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: OK. Yeah. So do you record like so. do you record at your place? Do you have a studio and everything set up?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what it is is uh, my lead guitar player Robbie, his son Brandon, he's out in L.A. and he does a lot of movie scores. As for, well, not movie, but like video game scores and things like that. You know, um, a lot of bands pay him to record. He's got a portable studio that's really killer. So he just brings it out to my house and we just track in my house. Okay. You know, that way we can get the basic tracks and get the vocals and everything. You know, detailed in. So, it works for us, you know, yeah,
0: well, you mentioned the <laughs> you know not being able to get out and tour like what are you guys like planning as far as you know promoting what you guys have going on during this pandemic? I know I saw you have a live stream, I think coming up,
1: yeah, yeah. um, we just got done recording a a show, a forty minute set, okay. Um and I think our label's getting ready to put it out sometime here in a couple of weeks for uh streaming for live streaming. Um that's that's the only thing we've got on the docket for right now, but the main focus is just gonna be getting this record done and the video I I gotta get you know, the label's gotta figure we gotta figure out what this single's gonna be that we're gonna uh do a video for and then that'll be pushed once that's all done. So and speaking of yeah.
0: of the label, like RFL, like how how's that relationship been like for you guys?
1: Oh, it's been great. John is uh he's he's the guy, man. Him and I gotta give a shout out to uh Douglas Franklin and Sam Bone. They're they're really cool. Dan Mitchell, he's he does all the video um website stuff, he's awesome. And so yeah, no, we're we're real happy. Um and also, I think what's in the works, too, see, I was signed originally to Potomac Records, and what that was was the uh, drummer for Brett Michaels' uh, solo band, Mike Bailey. He owned it, but then it, he closed it down, and he had all my, uh, like, the EPs, Screaming Inside, So Long and Never Be Another You. That was all released on the Orchard Sony release distribution, so they're gonna, um, I'm gonna get them to take it down so I can have RFL re-release my catalog. Okay. So that's going to happen in the, you know, I don't know, not too distant future too. So I don't know. I've got to talk to John and we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that'll be in the works as well, because I think once that gets repackaged under RFL, that will help with um, not having too much dead air between releases, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> It's you got to keep busy, man, because if you don't, people lose it, lose their attention span doesn't seem to be very, you know what I mean? It. I don't mean that negatively or anything. It's just you have to be con- consistently out there for people to remember you, you yeah. know. Yeah,
0: You have noticed that and if you, you,
1: you got to have releases.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are seem to be shifting more towards, you know, singles or EPs just kind of spread out throughout the year instead of dropping an album once every couple right. of years. You know.
1: Yeah, no that's true. That is true. Um you know, a lot of biggest reason we're doing a, a full length record is um we're trying to get on festivals overseas too eventually, you know. So a lot of those bands like the frontier bands and the bands that are on frontiers and you know, a lot of those bands they'll put out full record full length records and you know, they want to see these festivals want to see a band with a full length record to promote for this festivals you know so that i mean that's what i was told so i i, I guess we'll see what happens with that you know i don't know but right. either way i mean i i hear what you're saying and that's the way i was doing it so i mean we'll we'll try it both ways and we'll see what happens with it you know i mean tesla just did a full a full record of shock and um you know i don't know you know i for a long time i think those guys were against doing a full record just because everybody's doing singles now, you know, I mean, it's like, why put all this money into something? If it's just going to, it's not going to do anything, you know what I mean? But, right. but they're on a whole nother level. I don't mean just them. It's just, you know, just the industry in, 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 uh, the way it is now, you Right. know?
0: Well, yeah. Speaking of that, we had, you know, Frank Cannon on the podcast a couple of times and he, he mentioned about shock that they weren't even planning on doing an, an album at all until Phil Collin kind of, talked him into it and said he produced the whole thing exactly yeah yeah
1: Yeah, him and brian wheat did yeah and yeah um that's pretty much that's exactly what my point that's what i was getting at you know so
0: far as being a musician like have you always played guitar and been a vocalist or did one of those come first uh
1: well i started guitar first when i was a kid i was i grew up in the 70s so I mean, I saw, I got to see a lot of amazing shows. My mom took me to see Kiss when I was four on a live tour, and then I got to meet Jim Dandy, the lead singer of Black Oak, Arkansas, and that made a huge impression on me, and ever since that time, I always wanted to be in music, so I saw, who was it? REO Speedwagon, when I was like 11, in front of like 80,000 people in Memphis at at Liberty Bowl Stadium. And Gary Richrath, their original guitar player, was always a hero of mine. So I always wanted to play guitar like him. And that's one reason I have a Sunburst Les Paul, because that's what he played, you know. Okay. But, um, you know, I saw Ozzy when I, that same year, two weeks after Randy Rhodes died. And uh, it was Brad Gillis on guitar. Man, it was just all those guitar heroes made a huge impact on me. So I started guitar at age 11, and then I started singing at age 14. Okay. After I saw Bon Jovi and went, I'm going to be that guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> back This <then. laughs> <Well, laughs> was another huge influence on me, you know, Paul Stanley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a great front man, you know.
0: Yeah. Would, did you have any like formal lessons or anything or were you kind of self-taught on both aspects? I had about,
1: I had, well, yeah, I had about two or three guitar lessons enough to learn the basic chords um first song I ever learned was Stairway to Heaven on acoustic and that and it just kind of grew from there and then vocally I've had about two vocal lessons enough to teach me how to you know warm up how to do scales and how to breathe right and other than that I've been, been just you know been plugging away at it man Just, <laughs> just you know for me I I get better by repetition you know so that's 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 how I, it works for me. You know, some people can just do it naturally. I was never lucky enough to be that, that talented. Um, or I didn't think so anyway. So I always have to really put the time into rehearse, you know, so that's, that's where it's at for me.
0: Do you like, especially now whenever live shows aren't happening, do you work on, I mean, do you rehearse just on your own or how do you keep your voice strong? Oh yeah. At times like this.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you, yeah, i rehearse. uh, well, the band usually rehearses twice a week, so that's okay. enough to, for me to keep loose and you know keep keep my chops up and and just you know maintain. Um, so yeah, I mean that helps. Like you mentioned, so. you
0: know, Kiss and Bon Jovi and Black Oak Arkansas. Like, like, is there any other musicians that like really made you want to like do this for a living outside of them and REO Speedwagon?
1: Uh, Randy Rhodes. Yeah, he was amazing. And, um, you know, the, when I was a kid, man, I was 14 years old and my dad, he would take me, I mean, <laughs> I don't recommend this. It doesn't sound like, you know, uh, good parenting 101. but he did take me into bars. I had a buddy of mine. I went to high school with, or, and I think I was a freshman and his uncle was a singer in a local cover band there in West Plains Missouri where I grew up and they had a band that I'd go sit in with and that made a huge impression on me so um I was you know 14 years old playing rock of ages and don't tell me you love me and new girl now you know from honeymoon suite with these you know 30 plus year old guys so <laughs> I mean, that was huge to me, man. I mean, and if Mike Carroll, if you're listening, this is for you, bro. (laughs) He was one of my heroes when I was growing up, you know, (laughs) you know, I was there for the music. I wasn't there to party when I was a kid. You know, I was too young, obviously, but it was cool playing with these guys because they were so good, you know, and I always try to surround myself with musicians who can who can push me, you know.
0: Right. Out of curiosity, speaking of Bon Jovi, what's your favorite Bon Jovi album?
1: oh boy that's a tough one i you know i met them on the seventy eight hundred degrees fahrenheit tour when they were opening for rats so oh, wow. that's up there the first album's good um i like uh i really like believe it or not um what's that one um these days i think that's a killer record oh yeah um yeah, same here. yeah. and keep the faith was okay i mean but i mean new jersey it was good. I saw them on that tour, too, with Skid Row. That was amazing. That was They were on top of the world. I mean, they were it back then. Yeah. Um, Slippery got overplayed, so I don't really... You know, it was a couple of songs on Slippery, the ones that weren't hits that I don't mind, you know? I mean, I, could, I like Let It Rock. That's kind of cool. But um, favorite one, I'd say, that made the biggest impact on me was 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm... John doesn't even act like that they ever actually did that album because I, I think he's he's ashamed of the production of it you know so i mean you know whatever but yeah. as a kid growing up that made a huge impact on me you know
0: right. <laughs> yeah new jersey is probably my favorite and I, and it's probably because you know i was like right around the age of like when i was really getting into music in the late 80s and that's when that right hit, so. right
1: yeah. i'll tell you man i saw him on that tour on st louis and um i didn't even know who skid row was at the time and they were good, but I didn't know any of their songs yet. I just thought that, you know, Sebastian was really over the top. I was like, "Wow, this yeah. dude is really crazy," you know. And then when John came out of the stage and they did that big explosion on "Lay Your Hands on Me," that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Man, <laughs> it was like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> what was but yeah? What was your first concert? Was
0: it that Kiss show?
1: Yeah. Or? Well. Actually, my parents took me to see Three Dog Night when I was actually three years old, and my mom took me to see Kiss when I was four. Yeah. (laughs) So I've been cutting my teeth on it for a long time, bro. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Looking ahead, like you've got the album that you're, you know, looking to have in January. Like, what are your hopes for, you know, Uh next year as far as obviously, hopefully, we can have live shows back in 2021, but if it's not, like, how do you plan to kind of promote that?
1: Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, first off I'm getting new management. Um, I'm going to, uh, consult with, uh, uh, my new management that I'm getting ready to sign with. And at that point we'll figure it out because that any band, it doesn't matter who it is. You have to have a manager who knows radio knows the business knows, you know, what you have to do to get seen and heard. And that's the first step I'm taking after we release this record, you know, and once that happens, depending on where everything is, I mean, there's no solid concrete answer I can give other than, yeah, if they start opening things back up, even if it's to half capacity, I'll still play. It sucks because, I mean, it is what it is, but a lot of these bands are taking hits overseas because, you know, like in a, we'll say uh, a, a stadium, they'll put risers up with, like and and space them out six feet apart, and they'll put like you know five people or whatever it is, and basically an eighty thousand seat stadium, you know you've got twenty thousand people in that's and everybody's separated. So that means the bands are taking a massive hit on what they normally would make because obviously there's not enough people there, you know. So I don't know, man. I guess we'll see what happens. That's about the most honest answer I can give, you know. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, outside of you know working on the new album, how have you been spending your personal time during this pandemic
1: uh d been with the wife and kid we're we're uh doing great um happy to have you know family time um to uh to just you know basically be together I mean not that any other time would be different but and you know a lot of times my wife will go with me on gigs or whatever um like we we used to play that last year we played the whiskey three times in LA and she'd go with me on those, which is really cool. But I mean, um, you know, I mean, we, we just started really getting, you know, out there playing and all of a sudden this pandemic happens. So, you know, it's, everything's kind of in a standstill. So we just been making the most of it, spending time together, you know, and just, you know, going, going to, the, to our uh, l- lake by the house here and just, you know, having fun and, trying to enjoy our time together, you know, that's about it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today.
1: Absolutely, bro. I appreciate the, um, you know, the interview. I'm, I'm glad to be here and and thanks again for having me, man.
0: There you go. Jeff Carlson front man for the Jeff Carlson band. A huge thank you to Jody best of best bet promotions for her. Unwavering support of this podcast. Of course. I like to use a new adjective every time whenever
2: I talk about her. I like it. she's like fucking, it. she's great. Uh, she's awesome. We we couldn't do half the stuff we do without her.
0: That's right. Especially when it comes to the area of like, like this, like melodic rock or glam rock and, you right. know, some of the other stuff she's got us, you know, in the Classic past.
2: stuff, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got to talk to Mark Slaughter and right Vivian Campbell because of her, so, you know, we're forever. Frank Hannon, of course, and Mitch Perry, so... But yeah, and of course, above all else, a huge thank you to Jeff Carlson for taking some time there to talk about the band, everything they've got going on, some great stories, some great music coming, and of course, we got to talk about some Tesla, some Bon Jovi, and some other great stuff. But yeah, check out the Jeff Carlson Band on Facebook, Spotify, wherever you listen to music, give these guys a follow, give them some streams, you know, even though streaming doesn't make near as much money as it should just put the stuff on repeat you know make him some few make him a few dollars there, tonight, you, go. You, know?
2: there you go there you go there yeah.
0: but like i said with frank hannon vivian campbell mark slaughter if this is your first time listening we've got 289 episodes before this one so you can dig through there and surely find something you like if it's along these lines of rock gene simmons from kiss has been on here bruce kulik Formerly of KISS, now Grand Funk Railroad's been on here. We've had Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard, Dio, Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses. Uh, Mark Kendall from Great White's been on here a couple times. We've had on guys from Bullet Boys, Warrant, Europe, Firehouse, Trickster, L.A. Guns, Junkyard. Am I forgetting anybody else from that world?
2: Oh man, it just goes on and on.
0: Yeah, because we've also, we branch out into the real heavy stuff, like... Jimmy Bauer from "I Hate God" and Kirk Winstein from Crowbar, guys from Crozier to Conformity, Prong, Typo Negative, all over the place. If you're a Jeff Carlson fan, you might you should be a fan of Damon Johnson. He's been on here twice, yes, and guess what? He's coming back a third time.
2: Fucking a, yeah,
0: that'll be great. Speaking of that, Donnie Vi from "Enough's Enough," Fame. We've also recorded one with him. It'll be coming up soon.
2: With a that was a real that was a real good one. That was a, He was a very nice man. Yeah, I like that. It was I, cool. I enjoyed that interview.
0: And it, you can tell that he has a love-hate relationship with Chips Enough. Right. <laughs> we got that, you know, from the whole interview. We already kind of knew that. but Yeah. So, yeah, that was a fun one, you know, because I've always liked Enough's Enough, and I just never delved into him as much as I should, but then you always hear someone's like, they're so amazing, and this and that, and it's like, I remember the first album. I need to really dig more into this band, but... Anyway, all kinds of great stuff like that. And like, what else we got? We've also got one coming up with Mercedes Lander from The White Swan and Kitty. We've got one coming. We just recorded one with Blake Bedsall. He is the vocalist for the band Saul, a newer band that's blown up on on the heavy rock, hard rock scene. And then we've got about, literally, we've got six more scheduled here in the next few days. Yeah, it's
2: nuts. We're not going to say anything. We don't want to jinx it, but uh, you've been working overtime, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's all range of styles of music, and it's all great stuff. Looking forward to
2: national, a couple of local. I mean, it's it's going to be great.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> can't wait. Can't wait. Anyway, check all that stuff out. thethunderunderground.com. dot com. You can listen there. You can find all our socials there. So follow us and like us everywhere. Get on YouTube at the Thunder Underground and subscribe. We've had recent videos. We did a review on Saul's new album. We also did a review on the new Metallica S and M two. We did a review on Napalm Death's most recent album, which is a fucking slammer. slammer. Yeah, yeah, I guess is the right totally. word. Barn burner. But yeah, so check all that stuff out as well. Follow us on all the socials. You can listen to us pretty much anywhere. Podcast, hard you're listening to us now. Obviously, you know at least one place you can listen to us, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so we appreciate the support. We've got merch for sale, all that great stuff. Does that cover it for this episode? I think so. All right. We'll be back next week. I don't like to say with who because we don't usually plan these till the day we record them on which that's, one it's going to be. That's right. <laughs> but an educated guess would be that it's going to be Mercedes Lander or Damon Johnson probably right, yeah. next. so be on the lookout for all that great stuff once again a huge thank you sunset tattoo med farm deb concerts and hell hot hot sauce and a massive thank you to jeff carlson and best bet promotions until next time
3: thunder underground y'all